sometimes we go through there's things that happen that are collective um, traumas and when we're going through a collective trauma it's maybe apropos to pause and to take a look and see if we are empowered if we are able to work our way through very difficult painful situations like the one we're going through right now so obviously I think to all of us you know you can't run away from certain things and uh, there's a very 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 painful situation that is unfolding and happened this week no matter what happens in this situation it's um, it's not good it's not good at all and I don't know, it's just me affected by the situation? Anyone else affected by what happened uh, out there? Should we talk about it or should we just ignore it? The situation that caused a lot of pain um, this week when uh, a terrible tragedy occurred. A horrific tragedy. And sometimes it's easy to just walk away and kind of like pretend that, you know, okay, okay, but I can't think about everything else. And I believe that there was um, the family sent out a request to learn a sikha, which is all about how to think good, track good. Because what's happening in the tragedy is there's two parts to what's going on. One part is that there's what happened, and that's beyond painful. And the second part is what's happening and what we're hoping would happen. And there you have two parts to that. One part is um, davening for it, and the other one is and doing good deeds and everything else, and the other one is the bitachen. Because here we are, we've learned that tracht gut wird sein gut. So now it's being put to the test, tracht gut wird sein gut. Think good, and it'll be good. Sounds like some uh, magical formula that we have. So, I mean, is this a conversation that's on anyone's... Uh, Heart right now? What's uh, is it yeah. pertinent? So, are there any instead of me just raising the issues, any issues you think should be addressed about specifically? I mean, we're not doctors, and we're not uh, you know we're in the Hasidic field, so the conversation is more tracht gut wird sein gut type of question. Anything that's on your mind that you want to address? Yeah? Yeah, a very, very powerful question. That should I feel the pain or should I feel should I think good? Because it's a problem, right? Because on the one hand you're saying, tracht good for good, so that means you gotta think good, but then if I feel the pain. So then I'm not thinking good, I'm just crying. But you want to cry. Then there's another problem to it, isn't it true? That at some point you want, you want to just move on. And so it's very comforting, it's lethargic to know the track good with good. Because if I think it's going to be good, well, I'm supposed to think it's going to be good. So, especially when you're standing in front of the person, if you have, you know, if one of the sisters, let's say, is your friend, or one of the daughters, I should say, is your friend, and you're calling her up, 
probably can't call her up. Probably don't know what to say. And if you do, you're like, yeah, tracht gut wird sein gut. That's like the worst thing you could say. <laughs> Why? Because what are you doing? What you want to do is really run away from a very from a place you can't go to because pain is a place we don't want to go to and so it's a problem should you go there should you not and also it's a way to run away yeah That's a great way to put it. Everything we do is the opposite. You feel pain, don't feel pain. You don't feel pain, do feel pain. Go the opposite, do everything the opposite. Right. Interesting. Fascinating. Yeah. So that adds to all the pain. Yeah, would, so I how do you feel now? I just like, what do you mean how I feel? You feeling pain? Like there's two sides to it. It's like a tug of war. Which is? Pain and hope? Of Hashem that like he has his purpose and everything that he's doing. And I hear of all the pain that they're going. Right. Does trachtut vetzayingut make you sometimes feel guilty instead of happy? Like... A denial in one way. That's one way to put it. And the other thing is, it's almost like... Um, oh, so if bad things happen, it's your fault. Because you didn't trachtut. So then it's like, makes you feel guilty. Denial and guilt. Because if you're crying and you're in pain you're the problem then you're like yeah okay but there's more people also it's not just me okay but so all of you are the problem yeah oh you're saying if I don't feel it because I don't know them and it's not connected Right. So let's just talk about that for a moment. Um, you are not God. You don't have control over the world. Actually, you have control over nothing. Zero. So if anything not good happens, Ain't your fault. Ah, you could have had Bitochen. Do you know how many things could happen right now that could go wrong? Like this thing that you, you weren't thinking about this family, right? You know that if you were and you were thinking good about them, 
then this wouldn't have happened, right? Because chocolate is good. Let's just say that's true. It's true. If you'll be thinking good about them, it will be good. The problem is... Hmm? Hold on one second. The problem is... <coughs> you're just human. You don't know what you should be thinking good about. Because there are so many options of what could happen next in the world. Like, <laughs> there's gazillion options of what could transpire. Are you thinking about the, that plane that could crash now? That it shouldn't crash? If you think about it, it's not going to crash. But you, don't know about all these but you don't know what to think about. So it's a problem. Because if you think about that plane, uh, wrong plane. It was not that plane. It was the other one. <laughs> so what are you going to do? Right? So this is not giving you a magical power to say you can control the world and control, Hash- control Hashem's world. You can't. Hashem, he is soikir akol biskira achas. He scans everything. One scan, zoop, he sees everything. He controls. We don't control. Here's what we do control. When the opportunity comes your way, then you control it. <coughs> when does opportunity come your way? When you feel a feeling inside you that feeling is now your calling to introduce elokus, godliness, into you. Now, the problem is that we think we are spectators to things that happen outside of us. We are philosophizing. Like, when you ask the question, why do bad things happen to good people? That's a philosophical question. Why do bad things happen to good people? I don't know, good question. Get this point. How are you feeling about that question when you're saying why the bad things happen to good people? Most likely, if you asked that question last week, it will be a theoretical question. If you ask the question this week, and especially if you know the family for the last six years, it ain't no theoretical question. It's a very painful question. It's an emotional question. You're feeling now an emotion inside you. Now think about it this way. The reason why we learn chassidus, the reason why we do all these things, says, kol inyana chassidus is the shanais teva midoisa. Purpose of chassidus is to change your midas. How does electricity work? How do you get electricity flowing? You know what you do? You've got to get a strong, powerful movement going. There's various ways to do it. Like one of them is, you take wind and the wind blows and then, and then you get these things going and that produces electricity, electrical power. What you want to do afterwards is take your gadget and plug it into the outlet. And when you plug it in, there's electricity flowing, it goes boom and it flows. And now, it's not magic. It's just you are drawing electrical power, the current of electricity from the power station all the way down it's being absorbed and it's coming right to you let's start thinking about elokus in the same way it's a radical change in thinking this nakuda it means that what you want to do is plug into divine godly powers we don't just dive into Hashem and ask Hashem to do something every time we ask Hashem we dive in we ask then we say, okay, let's download Elokus into us. That's why we say, please God, cure. We don't walk away from the tefillah until we say, Baruch Ato Hashem. What's Baruch? Baruch, we should write the translation of the Siddur, download. Baruch means to bring down. Right? 
What's this thing called? Berach. Also a blessing? Same word. Why is a knee called a baruch? Because it means the knee makes you go down, right? Standing up, go down, brings you down. It means to bring down. So baruch means to draw down. So you daven, you say to Hashem, Hashem, please, I need this and this and this and this and this. That's my needs. Okay? You establish that? Not enough. Next part is dveikus. What's dveikus? Affix yourself, glue yourself to God. Realize you're in Hashem's space. Right there. So here's the thing. You can't trust God about everything. Impossible. If something happened in the world, like this story, it's no one's fault. It's Hashem. That's number one. What's Hashem telling you? He's telling you that when you have a feeling of pain, that feeling of pain, just like electricity, which is caused by things flowing, right? This is addressing your, your question. Electricity is flowing. When you feel the pain, that's an energy which allows you to bring your course down. It looks like you're doing the opposite. You're not. Any more than harnessing the power of electricity to make things move. When something's pushing against you, the resistance is what makes things move. That's how you create the electricity. Before you say, what's the thing good? It will be good. What's the it? I'm asking you, what's the thing good? Can you explain to me in English what it means to think good? Most of us, I know I always translate a thing good incorrectly. What does it mean, think good? Think what? What? Right. Think of how you want the result to be, and that's good. Isn't that what we think it is? Not true. It doesn't say that. It doesn't say tracht as es wet sein gut, wet sein gut. That would be mean. That would mean think that it's going to be good and it's going to be good. That would be true. You can't do that. You know why? Most of the time, you don't even know what good means. Like in this case, try do that. Try think that it's going to be good. Any thought that I have about how good it could be at this point is not good. Would you agree? Because half the problem is already, it's, it's already beyond painful. So in the best case scenario over here, it's not a Ravashkin story, right? Which ends with like, wow. This story, there's only one way to get a wow, and that is Mashiach. That's the only real wow. Anything else over here is not a wow. It's just not as bad as it could have been. That's the part we're hoping for now. So I don't know how to track good and think that it's going to be good. I don't even, I, in this case, I don't know it's going to be good. Nor do I believe that I could change the future of what Hashem is going to do. But here's what track good means. It's not like um, miraculous Scientology or whatever they call it. The secret. If you think about this, that it's going to be good, then it's going to be miraculously good. That's not what it is. It's divine powers being harnessed through you. How do you harness divine powers? Well, we know when you do a mitzvah, you draw elokus, you draw godliness down. If you put on tefillin, you draw elokus down. If you learn Torah, you draw elokus down. If you light Shabbos candle, right? Anything you do of the mitzvahs or Torah, you're drawing elokus down. But there's something else you could do, which is kadiskafia sitra achra istalek yekara dekutra bricha bechulu almin. If you push against sitra achra, 
So then you draw it, of course, down. So this is not about doing the opposite, whatever it is. It's that when something happens and there's a negative feeling, that's an amazing opportunity for you, right? Remember we discussed this one? the art of standing up. Look at this. How do I stand up? Can you guide me? I don't know how to stand up. You're going to find something that's not that's blocking you, like a table. Put your hands on the table, and then what do you do? Push. And then it's not good enough. Your feet on the floor, and you push. And what do you discover? That the stuff that's resisting you is allowing you to be pushed against to rise, yes? I can't hear. Volume. I sometimes feel guilty to benefit from what? From someone who? Benefiting from death? I don't understand. No, no, explain. Like, a tragedy happens. Right. Well, maybe we won't understand what it means to push down and to rise. What does it mean to rise? To benefit from death? No, we're not benefiting. <coughs> so what you're saying is that it looks like thinking good is essentially being um, apathetic. Or well, not apathetic, being... Um, it, it feels guilty. Who do you think you are to... to if you're trying to benefit. But let's <coughs> recalibrate what it means to benefit over here. And then maybe it'll be understood. So when you feel a painful situation going on inside you, okay, what do we do? We want to ignite, we're not spectators, we're not sitting here. If you have a question, right, if you are pained by what happened there, then ask yourself why you pained, right? Are you, are, you, are you asking a philosophical question? That's what we usually do. We ask a question, we say, why does Hashem do this? Let's say someone would say, why does Hashem do this? And I would say, I don't know. I'm not God. Now what do we gain? We have a question, we philosophize, we discover we don't know the answer. Why did God make the Holocaust? Right. You're not a philosopher or a spectator. What happens in your heart is electricity, a.k.a. in this case, elokus, being created. And what you're feeling is always an opportunity and a power to bring down elokus, godliness. So you can actually plug in to that power and something godly happens. That's the principle. So when something painful transpires, like this story, when you feel the pain, the first thing to do is not to run away from the pain. Don't flee the pain. Because one part of you says, it's too difficult, I'm going to run away from it. And you could do that sometimes. You know when you can do that? There's so many painful things going on in the world, right? You know what the news does? The news realized that things are too abstract to people. If you hear there's a war going on in Afghanistan, you're like, okay, next. They tell you that, you know, Oh, 3,000 people were killed today. What do you say? 
Terrible. Next. It doesn't hurt you. It does not hurt you. So how do the news make sure that it hurts you? You know what they do? What? Oh. They don't tell a story about statistics. They tell stories. They go in and they tell you one story about one person. Right? That's how they got the world into um, the plight of the Gazans. Because, yeah, they tell you the story about some little kid who lost his parents in an attack. And it's terrible. And you feel the pain of the child. Who killed his parents? That's how wars go. Well, his father was busy sending up a missile. So um, they target and they kill him. And his mother was in the room because she was supposed to be the the shield. So now he's left without a father. Terrible. (laughs) But what you do is you ignite a story by feeling the story of one individual. Now, how do you fight back against the news not to feel the pain? You know what the best way to fight against the news is? Because the news makes you very nervous. What's the news? What's the solution? Don't read it. (laughs) You have a very simple weapon. Don't read it. A couple years ago, I made a great resolution not to look at the news. It's the hardest thing in the world because it comes to you everywhere. And I discovered peace quiet, serenity, the world just became a peaceful place. Now, believe me, when something happens I need to know about, I know about it. Without knowing the news, it just comes my way, I know about it. And when it comes my way, some of the things I can't run away from. This event, this week, I tried to run away from it. I really tried. And then I just couldn't. And I was like, okay, I'm not reading anyone's anything. And then I called my mother this morning to say good Shabbos. And as I called her, she's talking to my sister. They were right before Shabbos by then. What they're talking about? All the details that I didn't know about the event. Right? Now, I ain't hanging the phone up on my mother. So um, I got to hear all the details. Now I know everything. Or at least a lot more than I wanted to know. And it's very, 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 very hurtful and very painful and tragic and sad. And, and a lot of feelings that come up inside. So I want to ignore and I can't ignore. And the main reason I can't ignore is because it's too close to home. Meaning, there's too many things I'm imagining, right? When you're thinking about being a mother and having kids and all that kind of stuff, and like, you put yourself in the picture, the pain is just too great. If you can ignore the pain, most of the time you could ignore it. If you can't ignore the pain and you feel it, the next solution is to ignite godly energy. Tracht gut, wird sein gut. What you do is this. What do you do when a two-year-old, as we discussed, when a two-year-old is screaming and shouting and acting up and whatever, and she wants her way, and she's not getting it? What do you do to resolve the problem? Solution is? Give her a what? Give her a lollipop. Lollipop is one way. What? So the, the time-tested solution is, when she's screaming and shouting, you pick her up, hold her tight, you say, let Kathy go, put your head down, you give a big hug, and take some minutes or two. Most often, the crying ceases, then she doesn't even know what the problem was. Then you grow older, and no one does that to you. And you're not supposed to be acting out. But sometimes you're feeling like a two-year-old. What do you do? You want 
mommy to give you the hug. But no mommies give, you know, adults a hug. I mean, you do, but it's not the same. It's not, just not, doesn't work. But you still want it, so how do you get it? What's a hug? Right? That's the problem. So what you want to do is create the hug. This lady told me this week, great scenario. The morning rush of a regular family. So she gets up, she gets into the car, she's driving the kids to school. And as she's driving the kids to school, she realizes she doesn't have the key. Whatever, she lent the car to someone, and that someone has the key. So she's like, wow. And now she has to go with the other person, get the thing, whatever. Cost 10, 15 minutes. She comes back home. She's ready to get into the car and jump into the car and go. What happens? All the kids are in the house. Everyone's in the house. She comes into the house and she sees them all and they're like chilling. She's in this mad rush to get to work, to get the kids to school and get to work. And the kids are all just chilled out. And what do you think she does when she walked in? Don't ask. It became an absolute terror zone, a war zone. She started screaming at them. She's like, don't you realize how stressed I am? Why can't you just be waiting in the car? And like, come on. What do you think? She's telling me the story. What do you think the kids responded? Well, went something like this. What? They also yelled back. They're like, what's the big deal? Like, whoa, mommy's angry. You know, like, whoa, come on, what? We're just getting it slowly. Come chill like that. And she starts screaming. They, oh, they come back, whatever. And it became a very, very, very tense situation in seconds. And then the whole ride, everybody went to school and to work angry. The whole place was stressed out and angry. Then she says, like literally an hour later, one of the kids, a 13-year-old, texted her and she says mommy it looked like you were very stressed out today and I'm so sorry that um, we weren't ready and that we weren't in the car and you're right and uh, I feel terrible that we caused you unnecessary stress she read the text and like whoa <laughs> and and she looks and she felt, she says, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry, I was stressed. I was really, it was, it was not right. And the kid takes back and says, yeah, and also you were sick and you weren't feeling well. I know you were under the weather and it couldn't have been easy. And the mother says she started to cry. And like all the problems were miraculously released and all the tension was gone. And she told the kid, she says, thank you. Like, what did that kid know? Like, there's some intuitive powers over there. What did that kid realize? That they realized, right, how you hug an adult, basically. That the same thing that two-year-olds need is the adult needs. They need someone to feel their pain and the stress. Now, why don't most kids feel that. Why didn't she feel that at them and they didn't feel it at her? What's the reason? They expect adults to feel differently. Mm-hmm. They expect you to feel different. And what do they feel when she walks in and she says, why aren't you in the car? What do they feel? Defensive. Huh? Defensive. They feel attacked. You see where the ego got involved? You attacked me. So what am I going to do back to you? Whoa, don't attack me. 
pack you back. There's the Yetzirah. War. What the other kid do afterwards? They brought Elokus into the picture. How do you bring godliness into the picture? By doing the opposite. That's how. Whatever the Yetzirah wants, do the opposite and you bring Elokus in. When you push against Sitra you draw Elokus down. How do you push against? You don't think about yourself. Mami is feeling stressed. Not, not me. I'm not stressed here. I'm not attacked. I'm not to blame. I feel Hashem loves me. It's all good. But Mami's stressed. Mami, you're stressed. And the very recognition of that is the hug. It's like taking the person around and saying, you're stressed, I love you anyway. It's a feeling that you give to a person. You can give it over a text. I feel your pain. That's called experiencing your locus. They call it... You mean in a situation of, in this case? You could say, like, I understand what happened was painful, Do you understand what happened this painful? You, you just, the way you even said it right now, you obviously don't understand, right? You're just well, a friend. You happen, How about this? How about this? They're in pain, right? You, whatever you happen, you're not in the same pain they're in, right? But you want to call up. Well, you don't want to call up. But let's say you muster the courage, you decide to call. So you call up, what do you say? You would say, I'm sorry, I don't know what to say? Is that, is that what you would say, you're saying? Is that what you would say? Right, but you're making a call, so you can't say nothing. But that's exactly what you would say. You call up, and you say, and you've got to say it slowly, because it's all about the tone of voice, is how you say it. Like, when, you, when that kid says, Mommy, you're stressed, imagine the kid says, Whoa, Mommy looks stressed. <laughs> Doing, you destroyed everything now, right? It's tone of voice. If you say, Mommy, you really look so stressed. That also doesn't help. Like, oh, you're... It depends on the energy and what you really believe. Because what you really believe at that moment, if you feel Mommy's pain, then you'll be able to communicate it in your words. It's what you feel. If you feel pain, that they, their pain, what are you going to do? You're going to call up and you say in a very slow tone of voice. And you feel it. You say... I'm really uncomfortable making this call. I have no idea what to say. I just want you to know that I'm thinking about you and I can't begin to imagine what this pain is. And I just wanted you to know that I'm thinking about you. Now, maybe she has already 10 people she's speaking to, very likely. But if she doesn't, and very likely she doesn't, she'll be, that'll be a welcoming space to enter and to allow, you, allow herself to talk to you. No, you're not supposed to look for pain. Do not, that's the answer. Do not look for pain. But if you feel the pain, right, that's where it's meant coming your way. That's the point. What's trachtut v'zayingut? Trachtut v'zayingut means when you feel something that's bad, right, what we Jews do is we have a power. It's called closing your eyes, have your hand, right, take your hand, you put it in your eyes, close it, Shema Yisrael Hashem Elekein Hashem Echod. What does that mean? It means, as we've discussed, that there's two realities in life. There's what you see, 
and there's what Hashem sees. When you close your eyes, you say, okay, this is painful. If it's not painful, you're not meant to be doing it on that. Right? So if she comes to you to speak about it, or if you see no one else is there for her, you might want to walk into the tension to help another Jew. No, you should not. You, no, you can't go feeling everybody, everybody's everything. You can't. Right? But like, if I'm feeling the pain, there's a simon, there's a sign to me to go bring Hashem into that picture. How do you bring Hashem into the picture? Here's the art of tracht gut. It's not to think that it's going to be good. It doesn't say tracht as esvet sein gut. Tracht gut means think good. Think good is the most basic Hasidic principle. Right? I believe I told you that Rabashkin story, right? That the last day of that, I told you. Did we talk about the Rabashkin story, the last day of the imprisonment? Yeah? So I read it again three more times this week, and I've got to read it three more times, because it's just, it's exquisite. Every time I'm reading it now, living it again. And like that moment that he gets this message and he gets told, you are now in prison for the next 18 years. The United States of America has now announced that um, versus Shalom Rabashkin that you are motion denied. Enjoy yourself for the next 18 years. There's no way out. And what does he feel? A lot of pain. At that moment, he's like, he's got this tremendous, powerful surge of negativity coming into his head. And he says to himself, oh my gosh, I know that that tonight at 10 p.m. I'm going to get even more negative thinking. And so let me prepare myself. What does he do? He downloads Elokus into his system. And the way you do it is, Trachtkut. Trachtkut means Hashem is with you right now, right here. Now you've learned enough Hasidus to know that Hashem creates the world every single second, right? You know why you were told that? So that when you're in that position, you could activate it. That's why. Because that's how you draw Elokus down. You weren't told it as a theory to be able to philosophize. You were told it so you can plug into the energy. Okay, so that statement that I just heard now, which is so negative, is actually positive. Do I know the positive? No. I have no idea what. Do you think you could have said, Think that you're going to get out of prison. You don't have the power to do that. You don't know anything. But what he did was, he felt a euphoria. He felt Hashem's presence now. He says, this is very painful. So what does that mean? That it means a lot more elokus, and I know I'm in Hashem's hands. So when you feel the negativity, you do a Yisroel betach b'Hashem. Remember the translation of Yisroel betach b'Hashem? English? Cement. Yidale, cement yourself at the Lord, at God. Dveikus, feel God. I had a chat with a, a young lady last night. She told me she goes to oil, she's davening and she's screaming and asking Hashem because she's already older for a shidduch. And, and she says she wants the rabbit to help her and Hashem to help her and it's not working. And in discussion I showed her, I said, you know what? Okay, good, do that. But then afterwards there's something else to be done. Feel, feel, download the power of Elokus into your life now. Feel how amazing you are. Now, in this moment, being single and not what you want, and feel that Hashem is still with you in this moment. In other words, it's 
But that's how we daven, right? We ask Hashem, Hashem please cure me. And then we say, and I feel Hashem is with me right now. I don't know how. I don't know. When, when a two-year-old is, is acting out, mommy goes and gives a hug. What's that hug? I love you anyway. So you feel the pain, walk right into the pain, and then you feel Hashem is with me here. Yes? That's the part that Hashem does, not you. All you need to know is tracht gut. Right? How do you tracht gut? Echod. This is echod. I don't know, but Hashem is right here. Do we have any clue how in this situation it could be good? No idea. Don't know. That's why, thankfully, I wasn't given the position. I'm not God. I don't need to know. What I do need to know is that when I'm feeling pain, I'm throwing myself at God and I'm saying, Hashem, in the deepest of pain, it's you, you, you. You can sing some chassidish and nigunim where it says, do, do, do. What does that mean? If I go to Shomayim, to heaven, I see you. What's Shoil? The grave. Gehenim. That's where you are too. In every space, you're there. And Hashem, I know you're with me now. And it's so hard. It's so difficult. That's your work. That's the part that does it. So here's the beautiful story, which the Alter Rebbe explains in this week's parasha. He says, Yaakov goes to out to work. So his whole life he was in a holy place. And he goes out and he finds himself in the middle of a horrible place. And he, what did he call the place? Charon. What does Charon mean? Charon af, anger, stress, worries, anxieties, problems everywhere. And he walked out of Elokos and he walked right into Haran and he sees all this horrible, stressful life because that's what Lovin was. One day he says that, the next day he's stressing me out that way, then he goes the other way, the other way, this way, that way, he just drove me insane. And he needed to fight and to get there. So what did he do? He's in Haran, so he feels the pain. He felt the stress, right? So what does he do? He goes, he says, uh, 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 hold on, not ready for this yet. So he goes right back. Where? To hire Maria. What did he go do there? Two things. He went to ask Hashem to help him. That's the tefillah, part one. And part two, he felt how Hashem's already helping him. He's asking God to help him and he's feeling Hashem's presence in his life. The way he does it is, he says, All the wonderful things. And then he says, the Hoyo Hashem Lilelikim means I'm going to feel Hashem in my life. I feel God's presence right here. So he davened and felt the Vekus. Now what happened? Right? How do you spell the word Haran? Ches, Reish, and Nun. Right? Like that. What does he say? I'm going to go to the Shavti Vesholim El Beis Avim. Who's my father? Yitzchak. What does Yitzchak mean? To laugh, laughter, delight. He says, I don't know, why is it that some people get stressed by everything and other people find life to be the delight? It's amazing, it's beautiful. Some people feel when there's a problem, they fall. There's people who just, everything that happens, they're always upbeat, good, amazing. You know why? Depends, do you live with Hashem or not? If you wake up in the morning and it's a stressful day, it's stressed, it's stressed out. Everything's stressed out. But that one kid who feels your pain and hugs you, 
and says, Ma, I feel like you're stressed out, and you feel the pain, the connection, they're opening up another vista of, of, of feeling to you. So take a look at this letter, right? There's a letter. There's a letter. That letter. Ches. What's a ches? It's a letter which is closed all the way and then there's like a little opening on the bottom. Right? If you put that letter in the word charan, what do you get? Stress. Because you're looking down all the time, you're seeing, oh my gosh, look what just happened! Like that, right? Look, terrible, painful. But what if you could open little vistas and see things in a new light? Open a little hole in the ches. See what happens? I'm stressed. And then that little kid comes over to me and says, Ma, but I still love you. That's like an opening of another perspective. Another little way of looking at things. Right? So if you have the word charan, and you open that thing over there, what becomes of the word? Rina. What does Rina mean? Joy. You see that Rina is the same word. What? Rina is the same letters as Choron, except that the He and the Ches are interchanged. Because if you have a little opening in the top, it's really the same as Chomet and Mata, which are the same word. And the Altarebbe shows us how it just depends on your outlook. If you're always looking down and you see what happened and you're responding to what happened, you're always going to get an angry life, a stressful life. But if you're able to start seeing the wonderful things that are happening, and you see how, oh, I'm stressed. And Hashem gives you a hug, so you get an opening from above. He didn't change the letters. All he did was, felt Hashem's presence entering his system. And as soon as he did, all the negativity fades away. Suddenly you feel God's loving hand and his presence in your life. How did he get that? Because he says, Shafti v'shalom obeis avi. He put, took all the stones and made them into one. He was davening and he said, all the stones become one. Remember that story about the stones becoming one? Have you ever tried making the stones into one? It's very simple how you do it. You close your eyes and you start thinking that all the things that are going on in your life is all activated by Hashem Echad. That's what it means to make all the stones. The stones are the building blocks of your life and you make them all into, you unite them with Echad. So you feel the power of Echad in your life. So when you close your eyes, you say, I see a reality that's one way. And I'm going to feel how one, all the avanim, all the building blocks become echod. That sort of means the tracht gut. Tracht gut means that beneath the surface of every single little event that transpires in life, the worst of the worst, even the worst of the worst, is elokus. And when you are able to close your eyes and to feel it despite the pain and overcome the pain, meaning what does overcome the pain? So here's what we do. I feel very pained by what's going on. I'm, 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 I'm really... If I'm not feeling pain, do not do this. You don't need to do this. Doesn't mean every time it happens you're going to do it. But if you're feeling the pain, now you're called upon to tracht good. That means you've been given power to tracht good. So how do you tracht good? You let yourself straight into the pain. And then you say, even though I'm in the pain, in the charan, Hashem is still with me. You open up a little opening in the ches. And suddenly, things happen, and the charan becomes rina. That's the same as saying, tracht gut sein gut. Because what was bad, through your trachting gut and opening up the ches, 
becomes good, which is arena, which is revealed good. How does that happen? God makes it happen. Your avoider is to plug into the divine powers, the divine energies that are out there. So basically, you don't control the world, you don't control everything that happens. When some feeling comes into you, it's asking you, it's calling you, it's an energy that's beckoning you. And what you want to do is push against that feeling and get up from that feeling. How do you get up? It's not, it's not being callous about someone else's feelings. It's not, I'm getting up from your pain. I'm not getting up from your pain. I'm not solving the problem. If I happen to have seen what happened you know, in that terrible event and I saw and I'm just feeling terrible about it. So what I want to do is shift back into a space of elokus. It's not being callous about someone else's feelings. It's shifting back to a space of elokus because you don't ever want to live in that negative space. How do you shift back? By closing your eyes and saying that even though it's bad, it's terrible. Tracht gut. Not miraculous, it's going to be good. No, everything now, this harsh, horrible, tragic reality that I'm so pained by, I don't know how. But God is right behind the scenes and he's Hashem. That's what you do when you daven. You go back like Yaakov. You just daven Hashem, I know you're there. And it's so tough, it's so hard, and it keeps on happening again. You feel the pain again, and you go back to Hashem. And when you do that, well, then you create Rubashkin-style miracles. No one, no one could have anticipated that. But your power draws Elokos.